Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I'm joined today by Adrian Martini. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Sarah Bowen Shea. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for saying my full name. Um, so I do have to say this is, I did not plan on telling this story, but I chaperoned a field trip with the kids on Monday with my twins who are in fifth grade. And while we were standing around in the classroom before we left, uh, was noticing that on the walls were all these kind of, my name is type projects. And so it was these multi-paragraph essays. So my son also has the middle name Bowen, which is my maiden name. And then, um, Shay is my first husband's last name. And I was, oh. I, I was well-known as a well, quote-unquote well-known, big quotation marks, well-known as a freelance magazine writer um, when I got divorced. And I was like, oh, but I like Sarah Bowen Shea. I really, you know, I'm sort of known by that name. I like how it sounds. I like being SBS, the whole thing. And so there's John's. And he, so he has a different last name than I do because he has my second current husband's last name, his dad's name. And so... He's saying on there, oh, and for the record, my first husband's name was also John. So that all gets all very confusing. But so my son's name is John Bowen Carney. So he writes in his essay that how, why John? And he says that it means toilet for starters. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, <laughs> and then, and you know, meanwhile, his, one of his sister's name is a bird and the other one's a flower and he gets to be a toilet. So then he says that Bowen is his middle name. And he says, that's my mother's name, and her, her name is Bowen Shea, and that's like her first husband, whose name was John <laughs> Bowen Shea. <laughs> No, that's not his name. And no, you are not named after my first husband's husband. son. <laughs> So close. So, so close. So close. So I'm just yeah. like, oh my goodness. So anyway, yes. So, but thank you for saying my full name. But oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yes. So all right. So um, you are um the knitter. Let's so update us on your your knitting your latest knitting project. What are you up to? Well, so my dad's birthday was coming up, and I had knitted a hat for him probably. I don't know, five or six years ago at Christmas. And he said that he really liked it, that I was not to be concerned that he didn't like the hat, but that he really wanted one that would cover his ears. So I decided to knit another hat for Be his birthday. Because the first one you knitted him was a yarmulke that did not cover It was. It was just this cute little yarmulke <laughs> uh, because we are the Italian Jews. No, no. Uh, no, uh, it like came down to his ears, but if he pulled it all the way down, it would also cover his eyes. So, you know, not the best hat uh, pattern. Uh, I've learned now. Um, so I knitted him one that has kind of little ear flaps that are mm. fun. Kind of Deerslayer-esque or no? Yeah, it has a little, but without the little drawstring that holds the flappies down. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Flappies, so just that's a super technical term you're using is. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like knitting flappies. Flappies are... <laughs> so so I, that was my last knitting project, and I'm still working on the same silly scarf that I've been working on for ever now. Okay, all right. All right, but hey, so, you know, speaking of maybe, say, a few weeks' time, you and I, I, you and I are going to be seeing each other in person. I I'm so excited uh, because I am going to get in the car and I'm going to drive three hours out to Boston. Oh, what are you going to do in Boston? There. I, I, I hear there's a race maybe that they do out in Boston. Really? I, yeah. Uh-huh. That I'm never, ever going to qualify for. So I feel that I will go see somebody else who has qualified. Mm, mm, my, as, as my oldest daughter used to say when she was a little child, would that someone be me? <laughs> 
sure so yeah no i'm gonna road trip out to boston and try and hook up with one sarah bull and shay oh i'm very excited i'm i'm very touched that you're doing that in, in all sincerity i sound like i'm <laughs> laughing um and mocking but i am very sincere i've i've um i'm very touched that you're doing that oh i can't wait i think it'll be big fun yeah so and um so some other mother runners are also going to um road trip and you all are going to convene there and um we are going out to dinner right before right before the podcast we were emailing because you know last time so when i ran boston in 2012 um my best friend from high school um flew up she took an airplane Ah. to see me wow she must really love me i know she must really like you i'm just (laughs) (laughs) so and her name's courtney and so courtney um, flew up and we dined at a lovely, we dined al fresco. Um, and it was a place in the South end of Boston, which, um, is uh, wait for it South of <laughs> in the Southern part of the city. And, um, we got reservations, no problem. So when you and I were saying like, Oh, where should we eat? I'm like, Oh, that's my secret. I'll take the South end card out of my pocket and I'll play that. Right. And so, you know, found a place that sounded really good. It's called Stella. And I was, they thankfully have open table on their site. And so I tried to get reservations at six o'clock and nope earliest we could get was 7 30 i'm like yeah that's not gonna yeah. work so people have <laughs> people have figured out the south end thing so then right you and then you um since you are driving i suggested that we use your vehicle to head mm-hmm. out of the city back to i lived in wellesley massachusetts for three years so i was right before we got on i was looking for an italian place in wellesley um, because I think the place, I used to love this Italian place in a town called Needham. And I think it's closed. Um, I have oh, to, well, I have to look, I have no memory of it. It's, yeah. It used to be my go-to place. Like, do you have a place like that you always go with when you go oh, with yeah. gal pals, oh, yeah. you know? And yeah. um, so that's where I would always go with gal pals. And um, so, but I think we're going to um, head out, head out on the Mass Pike, maybe pay a toll yep. or two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just gets well, me have- every time. Mm-hmm. I have the easy pass. Oh, good. Good. Then I won't be galled. We have to pay to use a road. That's so bogus. (laughs) It's just magic. It's magic. (laughs) Is it faux magic though? (laughs) (laughs) That'll make sense later. Right. Right. Inside joke that you'll get in about 45 minutes. Um, So, um, so well, it's appropriate that we're speaking of food because, um, our guest today is going to talk all about food. Um, Today, we welcome Jacqueline Grandy, otherwise known as Marin Mama, um, on her popular food and recipe blog, Marin Mama Cooks. And I've wanted to have Jacqueline on our show for more than a year, as I adore the tasty, well-crafted recipes on her site. And I finally decided now is the right time, as she just became a certified natural chef, which means she's expanding her repertoire, and she'll talk to us about what it means to be a natural chef, because it was a new term to me. And Jacqueline is a mom of two, and as her blog title implies, she and her family live in Marin County, which is the gorgeous area just north of the Golden Gate Bridge. When she's not in her kitchen, Jacqueline is very active in the lovely great outdoors of the Bay Area. But before we hear from Jacqueline, we're going to take a quick break, so stay with us. But before we head to the messages, I wanted to give a couple quick notes. Um, Adrian is having new windows installed in her house. And despite trying to find the quietest room in her house, when you listen to the podcast, you're going to hear some banging of nails and hammers and all that good stuff. So um, we apologize for that in advance. And also we had some Skype blips. So we tried to smooth them out as best we could, but there's a couple little rough patches. So they're kind of like potholes as you're running. So just watch out for them. And it's pretty, pretty much the road is smooth. So um, we're going to take a quick break and stay with us. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome, Jacqueline. We are delighted to have you on the show. I'm a huge fan of your recipes. Oh, great. No, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad that you're, um, you love the recipes. Um, but before we start talking about the recipes, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as an athlete? Uh, from your 
site, it looks like you recently started biking and surfing. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a runner. I've run, I ran track in high school and did all that like cross country. And so I kept up my running over the years. So I still run a lot, but not as often as I used to. I'm more of a trail runner now. So I'm trying to combine running with other sports. I've gotten into, I've always mountain bike. I love mountain biking and up out where I live in California, we have tons of um, amazing, you know, hills and trails it takes. So I do that. And I recently took up road biking, which is another love of mine. Um, so, and then I've also, um, done skiing and surfing. So (laughs) I think for me, it's about being out in nature and when I'm Mm -hmm. outside in nature, it's just, I can, it's any of those activities are great. So, yeah. And there goes the window guy, just putting a few, few more nails in. I know, I know, went all over the house. I did. (laughs) They keep following me. Um, so, and I have to say, Jacqueline, I lived, I think I told you already that I lived in San Francisco, um, for a total of eight years. And, um, I just think Marin is heaven on earth in terms of the place to be outdoors. It just smells so good. The light is so magical. The trails are so nice and smooth and um, there's no i i came out here in 97 and i am not moving anywhere else so (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. i mean you not only have all the outside activities you can do and everything and be close to nature but the i mean we've got the best produce here (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty special place that is true that is true and and as adrian was asking where where did you move from um, I, I grew up in upstate New York, lived in D.C. Oh. for a couple of years after college, and then I moved to Minneapolis and then came out here in 97. So we're in upstate New York. That's where I am right now. Oh, where are you in upstate New York? <laughs> I'm in Oneonta, New York, which is near no, I... Albany. Oh, okay. So I grew up in a small town called Scotia, which is oh, yeah. in between, I always say in between Albany and Saratoga, but it's right near Schenectady, the old um, GE plant. So right. yeah, it's very small, small town. <laughs> yes. 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 Sarah and I stopped at a restaurant near there. I was so. just going to say, that's near Bombers, isn't it? <laughs> Bombers it Ritos. <laughs> Which... Yeah, I, I have no idea. I haven't been back since like 92. <laughs> oh my, well, I gotta so. say, Bombers Burritos, I don't think you would approve of, of the cuisine they serve, but gosh, it was really, really tasty. We had, um, they were kind of like tofu nachos meat pizza almost in terms of the way they were layered wow um, that doesn't sound so bad yeah it had tofu in it right and right. beans yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally you know what it's all about balance and moderation that's what i've learned so it's all good 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 <laughs> um so now and and you uh so you you trail run sometimes but you um don't you mentioned to me in an email that you don't run as often as you like because of a knee issue but that when you do run it's meditation time for you so talk to oh, us a, yeah. talk to us a little bit about that would you So I'm not one of those people that can sit still and meditate. I tried meditating by just closing my eyes, doing that, but it doesn't work. My mind just kind of just goes everywhere. So when I run, I run in the redwoods over here, which is beautiful. And then, um, you know, there's a little mountain I come up on and it's sunny. And I don't know, when I run, all these thoughts come to me. I feel really connected and grounded to the earth. And I just feel it's just this, this meditation. I can ask a question and I hear answer and it's something magical every time I, I'm done with a run I'm like why do I not do that like every single day <laughs> um, so that that's like my time where I feel frazzled my friends are like go for a run you're gonna feel so much better it's the one thing I do for me that's truly for me I would right. say that there, it's not for anyone else I run by myself I've tried running with other people but it's just the one thing I can do by myself and be silent and just listen I don't wear I don't wear earphones I just kind of run in nature and I just, it's it's amazing. So, yeah. So what's your culinary background? Well, my culinary background is my dad actually was an amazing cook and so was my mom. So I kind of like saw cooking through their eyes growing up. And then, of course, when I had kids, I said, oh, my gosh, I have to learn how to cook like my parents. So I, you know, so I just started cooking. And what happened was um, a lot of my friends would ask me for recipes. And so I would just pass on the recipes, and that's when I started my blog. So I started the blog um, just to kind of pass on recipes to friends, take photos. It was kind of a hobby. And then I started really getting into food and really wanting to create things from scratch and all that kind of stuff. So, um, And I just felt better. So basically, 
I just started cooking more. The blog became more popular. I started, you know, wanting to, instead of just taking a recipe and putting it on a blog, I started to adapt things and create things on my own. And then I wanted to learn more about nutrition and cooking. So that's why I went to Bowman uh, Natural Chef School, because it was all about eating for optimal health um, and just learning about how to get away from processed foods and add um, nutrient-rich foods into your diet. And that's where I am now. I'm just, but I'm trying to find a balance between it because you go to natural chef school and you learn all there is to learn and it's scary. (laughs) Like, wait, I shouldn't be eating that. Or, and then you kind of go to the extreme and now it's been a couple of weeks and I'm getting back to balance because the extreme, no one can maintain that (laughs) unless you're in your kitchen 24 seven. So, um, but what I've learned from school too, is it's all, you know, how we eat and how we take care of ourselves. It's all about balance and it's listening to yourself because the biggest thing is, you, if you keep it, the biggest thing I'm starting to do now and tell people to do is to keep a food diary, you know, each, each meal and see how you feel after it and what you ate and note, like if your stomach's off or if you have a headache or you feel stuffy or any kind of thing that's going on. And then just kind of keep that diary to see if it's a certain type of food, because there's so many allergies that we have, um, that we just never really thought about. So when you start doing that, your body kind of tells you when you're eating something that's not right for it. So it's been interesting. That's intriguing. So is that part of um, what you learned at this the program to become a natural chef? Yeah, a little bit of it. Yeah, because everyone there <laughs> is all about, you know, eating for health. So everyone there would be like, oh, my gosh, I would eat that and I wouldn't feel right after it. So you just become more aware, I think. I think you mm-hmm. become more aware and I'm aware of how my kids react to certain foods. Um, we've cut back on refined sugars in this house. And because we used to eat dessert every night and we still have dessert, but a lot of times I'm making dessert with like dates and walnuts and other things to balance out the, to use more natural sugars. Um, cause it works better with your blood sugar levels. And my kids, I just noticed a difference. I've noticed a difference in my son, especially. So, um, yeah, so I'm just having them be aware of what they're eating and that sort of thing, but it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because you can kind of heal a lot of things through food. So, and how much pushback did you get? You know, I just, we, we just passed Easter, so there was quite a bit of um, processed sugar in our house. Um, so, I mean, how much pushback did you get from your kids saying, okay, we're going to really cut down on the sugars in well, our food? My daughter is actually, she's 16. So what happens when they become teenagers is they kind of want to eat healthy. She feels better and she's kind of like, she goes to school with these little lunches and her friends are like, oh my gosh, what does your mom make today? But she, uh, she's like, you know, brings these like, you know, the raw cacao bars or she brings this like granola I just made last week that has low sugar. And um, she just actually, she doesn't, she's always been a kid who never really wanted more than one sweet a day. I think she just realized it didn't make her feel great. Um, so she, I had no pushback from her. Uh, my son, on the other hand, it's, it's a little bit harder for him because he goes to his friends' houses and they eat junk and they have the goldfish and all that stuff all the time. And so when they come over here, they're like, what's for snack? And I'm like, I can make you a smoothie. I can make you some guacamole. <laughs> and some of his friends are really excited and some of his friends are like, eh, no thanks. Right. So I think that there, there, there's a little bit of pushback, but, um, you know, my, my ex-husband and I are separated. So my son gets some of that stuff over there. <laughs> so when he comes here, he kind of just knows that, all right. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got to eat healthier at mom's, but you know, actually he he doesn't complain too much. So he's just, yeah, food to him is just a mechanism to, to move on to the next thing Um, where my daughter loves to sit down and eat a meal. I got to say, if you, if someone told me they were going to make fresh guacamole for me, you know, often, like you can move in and take over my whole house. I mean, come come on down. Yep. Yep. And it's so easy. It's like a 10 minute thing. Like my daughter makes it. I mean, that's the thing people think, oh, you know, I would buy the store-bought guacamole and I'm like, wait, this really only takes like five to 10 minutes. So (laughs) it's just, it's just getting the ingredients. But yeah. I was about to say the, the trick is getting fresh avocados, I think. Yeah, well, out here in California, we don't have a problem with right. that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, that's why I say we're kind of spoiled out here. <laughs> yeah, I also feel, is it like a bumper crop year for avocados or something? Because it's it, like, for a while there was like, oh, you know, five for a dollar. And, and I thought, oh, that won't last for more than a week or two. And it just keeps on going on and on and on. And you know, like, like last yeah, fall, I, there was, you know, it was like, oh, there's no more avocados. And so you're paying a ton for them. And now it's like, oh, they're like giving them away. 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think there is, there has been, they were like for a month, you couldn't get them over here, but mm-hmm. basically now I see them all over the grocery store, but there's, there's some weeks where they're good and some weeks where they're just, they're not ready. I, uh, so. I, I want to have x-ray vision because there's nothing right. I hate worse than you buy, you know, like three avocado, you have a recipe that calls for two. And I've, you know, like learned like, okay, I can't just buy two because, you know, half of one will be crappy or something. And so then I'm like, okay, now I'll buy three. And then you get home and it's like, ugh, it's like. Well, the, the get- best thing is, is they have to be sort of, so you want them to be firm, but not super firm. And you want there to be a little bit of give in it. So if you just like press gently on it, you want it to be, have a little bit of give. If it's got too much give, then they're totally overdone. But yeah, they, uh, I, I'm the pickiest person when I go to the grocery store. I go through every, uh, every bunch of kale to find the, the softest, best kale. Um, I, I sit there and pick the avocados and just feel them all. Strawberries, I'm looking at each container. I mean, the produce guys at Whole Foods laugh at me. <laughs> but that's the thing so- I always tell people. I can do the grocery shopping for you because I am super picky. <laughs> I just really need somebody to go through the produce section with me and help me pick stuff out. No, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. I I used to ask the questions to the produce guys. You know, I used to be like, "How do I know, you know, which mango's best or how do I know this?" And they would they're actually the produce guys there are awesome because they are excited when someone asks them about it because they're like, they want to do more than just stock produce. <laughs> they're kind of the pros there. So you know, go to your grocery store next time and, and ask the, you know, go and ask the produce guys some questions, whatever you're picking up and say, okay, so how do I know what's the ripest tomato? How do I know how to pick an avocado? And they're more than happy to help. I mean, I found that. And I would also Google stuff too. when I would be confused be, with some of the other vegetables that you're unsure about, you just Google it and say, how do I tell if it's ripe or how do I pick the best, um, you know, tomato and a crop of tomatoes, that kind of thing. So, so do you ever Google stuff while you're in Whole Foods, or this is something oh, you do? Of course. At home? Oh, oh, of course. Oh, silly Sarah, why would you ask that question? <laughs> I even Google my blog in there all the time because I nice. people ask me all the time, "Where do you cook from?" I'm like, I kind of cook from my blog. Sorry, <laughs> I make things that I'm going to eat, and then I love them, and the kids love them, and I just know they're. This is the thing about Natural Chef School. We had to do a lot of recipes that weren't really tested. So I would get so like kind of bitter in class because I'm like, this was not tested. This does not make sense. This is not working. And I'm like, everything I put on my blog, I have to make at least five to 10 times before I post it because I want to make sure I've gotten, you know, all the nuances and I figured out what could go wrong, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, so I I Google all the time in Whole Foods. I'm like, what do I need? And I put my list on my phone. and, And the other thing is when I go to the grocery store, I'm very efficient about it. I make sure that I put all the produce items together. So I know what I'm getting in the produce area and then the meat area and then the dairy and then the, you know, the, the, you know, regular, you know, dry goods, all that kind of stuff. So kind of know my way around the store a little bit. And that helps. I have to say that I have often sat in the Trader Joe's parking lot and looked up Marin Mama Cooks. And because if I'm like, if I'm like, okay, I know what I'm cooking tonight, but I got to figure out Tuesday and Wednesday night. And I'm like, where can I, I'm like, I'll just go to Marin Mama Cooks. And, uh, (laughs) and then also a lot of times I email myself links from your site. And so then, you know, I'm, so I'll be in my you know email because I save them all in uh, all the emails I send to myself in recipes, a folder called recipes, really clever of me. That's and, very clever. <laughs> and, and so then a lot of times I find my, you know, you do pull down on the iPhone and search for Marin and, um, or, or, you know, um, yeah. So I, I have a couple of, I have numerous emails with links to uh, your recipes on my phone that I look That's at. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, so on your site, you do such a great job of laying out the steps of pre- preparing a meal. And I feel that your site really taught me how to prep ingredients before I cook. And because oh, awesome. I used to, I, so my, my mother is a phenomenal cook. So I feel I come from a, a lineage of people who, who do know how to cook, but that, um, I, she was never one to like chop everything and put it in a little bowl. And I just so loathe cleaning up that I was, you know, reticent to do that. And I'm like, oh, but, but, you know, Marine Mama Cooks does such a good job of like showing all the like, here's the chopped sage and here's the chopped walnuts and all that stuff. So I've started doing that. So, t- so talk about the importance of prepping for a, f- a family meal, if you would. 
I think with prepping is it just kind of, first of all, you, you then know that you have everything on hand. There's nothing worse than starting dinner. No, but seriously, there's nothing worse than starting dinner and being like, oh, I don't have the basil and, or, or whatever it is, the component that you need. So I always prep. So I make sure I have everything. I get everything out from the fridge, from the pantry before I start cooking. And I'm like, okay, got everything. Check. And then I just think it's easier to chop up everything ahead of time. So then when you're cooking, you're just kind of like putting in the ingredients and then cleaning up and putting it in the dishwasher and all that kind of stuff. So it makes something that might take an hour, maybe take half an hour. Um, and sometimes you can prep things a day ahead. Like you can make a salad dressing the night before, or there's certain things that you can chop up like onions and garlic. You can chop them up and store them in a, a sealed container and put that in your fridge. Um, and use that the next day. Um, you can blanch some vegetables the night before and then add them the next day to your, your meal. So there's a lot of things that you can do ahead of time. So if it's a weeknight meal, that makes it turns it into like a 30-minute meal. Um, and cleaning up as you go is super, super helpful because then when you're done, usually you're just doing dishes, like the, the dinner dishes that you ate from. Can, can I just say, do we think it's like a skill that only women have that they can clean up as they go along? Like, like, it's so not fair because I clean up as I go along and then, you know, our deal is if you cook, you know, then you don't have to do the after dinner cleanup. And I feel my after dinner cleanup is so minimal compared to what if my husband quote unquote cooks. And then I'm like, oh, really? There's this many dishes just to start with before we even get to the plates that we ate off of? I don't know. I, I honestly no, don't. Men are men are typically, yeah, they're kind of spazzes in the kitchen and they just kind of, you see them, they're like cooking in this flurry and they're like, you know, little sous chefs, which is amazing, but yeah, they're messy. Yeah. yeah it just drives, drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many of your recipes seem to appeal to everyone in the family. How do you find meals that everyone will eat? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think there's times where I don't know. I think I've, I only really post recipes that we all eat. So there's been right. times I've tried things that, you know, Eli's, well, I guess my kids aren't super picky. They may not love something and I'll put that on the blog. Like I'll say, this is a mommy meal, like something that I love when it's just me or for lunch or, you know, Zoe loves it. Eli, eh. I always try and say if the kids eat it, like I have this grain free cereal on the blog. My kids will not touch that. Uh, <laughs> it's for me. Like it's for me and the people I know who, who are on that, you know, 30, whatever it's called, 360 or the grain um, paleo. But there's the other thing. Right. Is it the 30, 30 yeah. or something? something? Yeah. So it's this grain free um, uh, dish that I, or breakfast that I created. But um, I just really post recipes that majority of my, my kids, you know, and their friends or, uh, my family likes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, have you so, had any failures? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't think of them offhand, but yeah, I've had a lot of failures where I'll make something and the kids are like, no, this is not. So what we say if it's blog worthy or non blog worthy, right. <laughs> so there's been some dishes I'll make that the kids are like, this is good, like good, but it's not blog worthy. It's good. So they they become really picky. Where I'll make something, I'm like, this is pretty good. The kids are like, nah, it's not special enough. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> but a lot of the things I make in my blog are things I'll want to make again and again and again. So that's why I also put them on there. For me, it's, my, it's something to pass on to my kids. Like, here, when you have your family, here's the recipes that you grew up with. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's a, it's a, it's a cookbook of our life, which I, I kind of look back and be like, wow, my kids are always going to have this. Do you, do you ever uh, so. worry though? I sometimes think about that, like, oh, my kids will be able to read another mother runner and see about my training. And then I worry that like, you know, it's going to be like record albums or something and that, right. you know, blogs are just going to go the way of the eight track tape. Um. I don't know. I mean, isn't that strange to think what is going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to print them out and, you know, you compile it all in a book or who knows, but I don't think it's going to go away. There's going to be, it'll get just constantly be getting updated. Okay, you're an optimist, or like it'll become yeah, virtu really virtual not. reality, yeah. and we can put on a headset and not only see it, but then maybe taste it or something like that. Right. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I think the next thing is videos. And I'm that's where my daughter used to do all my cute little videos, and now she's she's just too busy. Mm -hmm. So I think people really like videos. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get more of those on, because even kids and teens are watching videos, and that's part of my audience, too, is I'm trying to work on teens to – learn how to cook. So when they go off to college, they know what they're doing because a lot of moms don't cook these days 
And, you know, these kids are going off out of the house and they've never been taught those skills. So, but they love watching videos. So there you go. There you go. That's clever. That's clever. Speaking of that, then how do you, this is completely not related to your blog or anything. How do you think the kids on MasterChef Junior learn how to cook like that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I've only seen that show a couple times, but I do have no idea. (laughs) I mean, like they made like macaroons. You know what I'm like? Yeah, I don't know. Really? I really don't. I mean, obviously, they've probably been into it, and they're maybe they've gone to, like, cooking camps or something like that. I don't know. I mean, pl- my kids go to a cooking camp, and, you know, they know how to make zucchini bread. And, you know, they're not learning how to, like, put a good sear on a filet mignon <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> make, make some, uh, you know, fancy potato dish or, or macaroons. So, I know. Uh, I know. It's incredible. And I, you know, who knows, maybe back uh, stage they're, they're doing something, they're prepping the kids before they go on the actual show and saying, today we're going to work on searing meat, so we're going to do this kind of thing. And they're kind of showing the kids, kind of giving them a cooking lesson. I mean, oh. we don't really know. <laughs> I tell you, so. well, that makes me feel so much better because I watch that. I'm just like, that's an eight-year-old. My kid, like, can't even make their own lunch. Like, what's going on here? So <laughs> Exactly. And some of us adults can't even do some of the right. stuff. Right. Right. On the fly, especially. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Crazy. Right, right. So, um, so I know you're not a vegetarian chef, but I often turn to your site for um, hashtag Meatless Monday recipes, and in particular because my 14 year old and now even my 10 and a half year old are kind of flirting a little with vegetarianism, which I'm just not having any part of. Um, so, but what are some cornerstones of a well balanced vegetarian meal, particularly for growing bodies? Well, you want to make sure with with kids, the biggest thing that they need um, for growing bodies is they need protein, fat, and fiber, um, and slow-burning carbohydrates. So you want to make sure that, of course, they're getting their leafy greens in, and they can get um, some of the stuff they need from, you know, obviously vegetables, um, just, you know, like the darker green vegetables, the broccoli, the cauliflower as well, as far as the asparagus and kale and stuff. Um, But you also want, they need protein. So I guess some strict vegetarians, I mean, kids automatic really do well with um, animal source protein because they get all um, eight essential amino acids there, it, which their bodies can't produce and need. And the only vegetarian ways you can get that is in tofu and tempeh and eggs, um, which aren't vegetarian, obviously. Um, you can also get it in buckwheat. Hmm. So you could start feeding your kids buckwheat groats, um, you know, as a porridge in the morning. You can incorporate that into some granola. Um, but like soy, I just don't know about soy. Like soy has its pros and cons, but it's really not the best thing to have consumed too much of. And that's in the tofu. Um, but if you're going to go vegetarian, you just want to make sure that they get lots of healthy fats as well. And you can get those from like coconut oil. I do coconut oils for my kids all the time. You can toss that in smoothies. I make their eggs with it. Um, healthy fats like butter is good for them. I guess they're going to vegetarian. They're probably not going to have dairy, right? <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're I'm, flirting more with vegetarianism rather than veganism. So okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if they still do eggs, that's great. Get pasture raised eggs because they're high in vitamin D and they have the omegas. And eggs are a great source of um, protein for them. Um, so because a lot of kids go vegetarian, but they don't think eggs are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could try and talk them out of going vegetarian, I mean, if they're doing it because they think it's healthier, it's not, but if they're doing it because they love animals and they, they just feel in their hearts, they don't want to eat animals, then all, by all means, you can start incorporating like quinoa is a good protein. You can put in, um, what's the other one, uh, in quinoa is gluten-free as well. The other protein is, uh, farro, mm-hmm. like there, that, which is actually higher in protein than quinoa. Oh. So there are other ways you can get, and beans. So if you combine beans and rice, um, with, you know, then you're getting a complete protein there too. So, um, so there's lots of ways that you can co- incorporate that. And it's just about balance. It's not a, like be eating the same thing. So one night make them a pasta with, um, always incorporate vegetables and whatever you do with them. Mm-hmm. I put it in, like, we have two vegetables a night with our dinners, um, whether it's a salad and then it's, I usually, I do some salad of some sort. And then I always have like a, either roasted broccoli or asparagus or that sort of thing. And then, um, if you're making a pasta, toss a vegetable in there, but like mix up the grains. So mix it up and do brown rice one night, do pasta another night, um, do like, you know, uh, beans and whatever else you're going to do. And, uh, you know, try some different grains. There's so many different grains out there to try. Yeah, I made, um, so you, I made black rice the other last week. I oh, guess it was. Oh, rice. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that stuff. How does your kids like it? 
Um, so I made it for um, that my twins were off at sleepovers. And so my 14-year-old is really into making these um, bowls that she got at some food cart here in Portland. And it has, so it has rice and then um, some rice noodles and then um, tofu and sautéed um, spinach and some sesame seeds over the top and avocado. And um, so that I was like, yummy. It was, it was <laughs> really so good. Yummy. I was really, I was really skeptical when she made it. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to like plaster a smile on my face and say, this is good. And I was, I'm like, this is so good. Like Phoebe, you can make this anytime you want. And um, so, but I try to um, uh, convince her that, you know, like to not just do white rice. And so we did brown rice and then I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I found this whole bag of black forbidden rice that I had forgotten. And I had, I'm like, let's try making this. But it's, she was first of all kind of freaked out that when you rinse it, it makes the water right. kind of plum colored. Yeah. And then also, I found it a little difficult to cook. It, it seems um, to take longer than most rice. Well, yeah, like brown rice takes longer than white rice. Mm-hmm. So maybe the forbidden rice, I, I should actually try oven baking it and see how long it takes. Um, because like brown rice takes like an hour to bake in the oven. Have you tried my easy oh. oven baked rice yet? I have <laughs> not tried yours, but I have, an, oh I have one from the New York Times and it revolutionized my life. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. That's, it's yeah. just, it takes it exactly an hour. You just take, you know, the hot broth, stock, whatever you're going to use. Two cups of that to one cup of rinsed rice, a tablespoon of coconut oil, half a teaspoon of sea salt. Boil the rice, pour it over the, or boil the um, broth or whatever, put it, pour it over the rice in an eight by eight pan with the coconut oil and salt. Cover it with uh, parchment paper, then tin foil. Because remember what I said about tin foil? I don't know if you guys know, but tin foil. If you cook on aluminum baking sheets or cook with tin foil, that's going to be over your stuff, the moisture, it leaches aluminum into your food. Oh, So okay. always line your baking sheets with parchment paper as well as if you're going to cook something where it's steaming, mm-hmm. line that with parchment paper, then tin foil. Oh. Um, but put it in the oven, 375, done yeah. in an hour. But I'll try forbidden rice. It Ooh. might take an hour or it might take maybe a little bit over an hour. Like I'll try it and let you know. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. yeah tweet it out to me. Cause I, um, cause now I have, you know, quite the, the bag is only partially empty. So I have a lot <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I need to perfect this. Cause it was super tasty. I love the, well, and it's the toothiness. Oh, I a, love that. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, the other thing is, is when things are toothy, mm-hmm. it's so much better for your digestion because when things are toothy, you actually chew more. Mm-hmm. And as you're chewing your, um, your, your uh, lymph nodes are activating. Um, so, and you're supposed to chew for at least 30 seconds, your food, because that is the first step in digestion. So it goes down and it, it's just easier. The whole, goes through the whole system much nicely, (laughs) much nicer. Um, yeah. So like start chewing more, but like, I find if I chew, if I ate something with white rice, there's nothing to chew. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, we're learning about the art of chewing in this house, um, chewing your food properly, for about 30 seconds each bite and then it just it's the first step in digestion and my kids and it actually makes meal times nicer because everyone's you're sitting at the table longer which is nice and kids don't gulp their food <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of proteins mm-hmm. i know that you and sarah had talked about animal protein uh, mm-hmm. uh before the podcast um can you share that with me too can you Tell me a little bit about what you learned in natural chef school about meats. So what I learned in natural chef school is that there was a lot of vegans in there and they, by the end of the program, these guys, most of the people in the class were not vegans anymore. Hmm. They either converted over to eggs um, or they just started eating meat. So what we learned about um, being a vegan, it's great when you're doing it for the reasons that you're, that people are doing it for, but over time, it's not the best for your body. Um, like what happens with meats, you you can't overindulge in either. But the thing is with animal proteins, you have to get a well-sourced pasture raised. Like you can't just get like caged animals that are, you know, in these pens and stuff. You're not going to get, I mean, don't eat that meat because what happens is all the, um, everything's stored in animal's fat. So if you're, um, eating meat from an animal that's, um, been eating factory produced, whatever they're putting in them, pesticides, all that stuff. You're getting all that when you eat that animal. So if you're going to get well-sourced animals like chickens, happy little chickens and cows that are, you know, on the pasture, pasture raised, they're getting the vitamin D, which you're intaking when you, um, eat the meat from that animal. But like that is the one best source of protein, um, for anyone. That's the best way to get, um, all the eight essential amino acids that you need. 
that your body needs that can't make. So it's really good for kids, especially because they're growing. Um, and protein just is one thing that keeps them sedated between the meals as well when you balance it with a fat. So it's just, you know, if kids don't need to be vegetarian, it is better for them to um, a couple days a week just to have some animal protein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank so, you. So, um, so sort of along those lines, I hate to bring up two of my favorite recipes from your site, which are meatless. The um, yeah. the Paul McCartney refried bean tacos are just. Yep. What, I've told you this on Twitter many times. They're they're one of my go to weeknight recipes because they're easy to prepare with a minimum of ingredients that I typically have on hand, yet they yeah. are incredibly tasty and satisfying. And then I recently fell in love with your quinoa wraps with black beans, feta, and avocados. And yeah. those will definitely, I mean, because you said like, oh, and, you know, we, I serve them for dinner and then I just can't get enough of them as leftovers for lunch. And and then the next day when I was eating it for lunch, I'm like, oh, my gosh, she was so right. This is the best <laughs> leftover lunch ever. <laughs> well, and I have another good quinoa on there, which is a 30-minute Mexican quinoa wraps. Oh. Those are amazing as well, especially when cherry tomatoes, which are starting to come in season here. Um, but that, yeah, like I, I just love wraps. <laughs> I love burritos. I love wraps. That kind of thing. They're easy. They're portable. They're great for the kids to take to school and they feel like a full meal because you've got the cheese in there. You've got the dairy, you've got some kind of sauce in there. Um, I just, and there's a bunch of components with the beans, with the quinoa, all that kind of stuff that it actually, it, it really is a satisfying meal. So mm-hmm. I, I'm totally right there with you. And the, the refried bean, uh, Tacos I love in the summer when you can get the heirloom tomatoes. I put those Mm in. Oh, (laughs) takes it up another level. So, yeah, those are great. Like, those are staples in our house as well. I mean, that's like meatless Meatless Mondays to me. I do love my meatless nights because, first of all, they are – they're definitely cheaper. So I definitely have a couple nights of meatless. And um, it's just nice. I mean, they're they're easy to make. You don't have to worry about overcooking or undercooking meat. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) The tagline of your blog, and it's – we've been talking about this the whole time, is uh, tasty food for families. What are some of the cooking tips to ensure that your food is tasty and appeals to both the younger and the older members of the family? Well, I think the best thing I'm learning, and I was even going to change my tagline at some point to getting back in the kitchen and cooking with, like getting the families back in the kitchen to cook and eat together. Because the best way I found to make meals exciting to everyone is that, you know, get together with your kids and you know, plan out the menu with them during the week and say, what sounds good to you guys this week? What do you want to make? Get the kids in the kitchen cooking. Because I find that like if my daughter makes the, the guacamole and my son makes the salad dressing or he loves to make miso soup, when my kids are cooking it and being part of the dinner routine or lunch routine, they actually really enjoy the food more because they've made it with their own hands. So I mm-hmm. think that's the best way parents can really get their kids to stop being picky. And to, to go shopping together and show the kids you know, this is a tomato. This is what it feels like. And just to show them how good real foods are. I think kids just go for the convenient stuff that's packaged. And that's not real food. If they, like my kids learned about it where I'm like, we got something and um, I forgot what it was. It was like goldfish or something. I'm like, so guys, I want you to try this and, you know, see if you can chew it. And they're like, I can't, there's nothing to chew. And so like, I'm trying to teach my kids about like real food you can chew, um, processed food you can't <laughs> chew. Um, so I think it's maybe that's slowly away from the, the, the biggest thing is to try and get your families away from the, the, the processed foods, because once they get away from that, they actually can taste real food mm-hmm. um, and cook your kids food in like a fat, like cook it in. If they love butter and cheese, put it on their broccoli. It's so good for them. Like it's not, it's not, fat's not bad. Good, healthy fats are really good for your body. I mean, our brains are composed of fat, so it goes right to the brain and it, it helps the brain. So, um, they definitely, I mean, you know, they assist in the brain and the renewal and regeneration of the brain cells, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So like cook the vegetables and fat with them and let them roast it and roasted vegetables. I don't know any roasted vegetable my my kid doesn't eat, so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) they love it. So I just say like, get the kids involved in cooking with you more and, um, cook their food with flavor, add flavor, add coconut oil, add olive oil, add, um, butter if they like it. Um, let them have bread with butter on it. Butter's good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, I think people were so leery of all that. Now, now you mentioned coconut oil. So I'm going to pick your brain for a second because we were, 
um, for sport. We just had spring break and we were up visiting family on the Olympic Peninsula. And um, the my husband's cousin made these really good um, tacos one night. And one of the t- fillings that you could put in was kind of a you know taco bar almost. And and she had black beans and they were just really tasty black beans. But they didn't have any, like any cumin or or you know red pepper or anything. And it just had a lot of flavor. And I asked her what her secret was, and she said that she puts coconut oil in. And that she thinks it gives a really nice mouthfeel and it just uh, increases the complexity of it. But I didn't want to sound ignorant and say like, well, can you walk me through that? So I'm going to ask <laughs> you that. So like how, how, because my jar of coconut oil that I bought at Trader Joe's, I don't know, what, 18 months ago, I'm thinking probably it's past its prime. But like it just, it's so non-friendly because it's a solid, even though it says well, oil. Well, the thing is, is that, and you want to make sure you get the unrefined because mm-hmm. the refined is the one that's been chemically, um, so the unrefined is pure. It smells like coconut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's such a healthy fat. I mean, I put it in my coffee, just so you know, a tablespoon of that in the morning because you metabolize that quickly. Um, but the thing with coconut oil, it's pretty easy. I mean, you could uh, melt it. You can take out what you need. So say you need a quarter cup, mm-hmm. take out a dry measuring cup, overpack it a little bit with a quarter cup. You can melt it in a hot... You can put it in a small bowl in a um, hot bowl of water. It'll melt there in like within a couple minutes. You can put it in a simmering pan of water with another bowl over it, or you can put it in your microwave and, and melt it down. So it, it, it is in the solid form, but it takes two. Or if you're cooking something, put it in a little bowl of it in the oven, mm-hmm. um, an oven-proof bowl, and it will melt. So, I mean, I just get used to it all the time. Like if I'm making the kids eggs, I put a little bit in the pan, and it's like butter. Okay, so so you can just you can just do that. Just slap some of it into the pan, and it'll melt down like butter, and then we're good to go. Oh yeah, and if you're going to roast vegetables with it, then you just um, if you're preheating the oven to roast the vegetables in, put coconut oil in an oven-proof bowl and let it melt in there, and then you toss it with your vegetables. So then it turns into like a normal form, like olive oil and stuff. Right? Okay. Yeah, and it's better at heating at high temps. Oh, okay. um, because olive oil is awesome for salad dressings and things like that. But, and I still use it in some cooking, but if you're going to do high temps, like roasting, it's um, better to do it with the coconut oil because it can withstand higher heats and it now, and it adds an amazing flavor. Like I do sweet potatoes, oven baked sweet potatoes and fries with the coconut oil and Brussels sprouts. And my kids are like, Oh my God, it adds so much flavor. <laughs> so, but it doesn't necessarily add just coconut flavor. Am I right? No, it, it kind of it sweetens it up a bit, but not in a way that your kids would notice. Um, just right. try it next time and see what your kids think. Okay, and it does have, a jar of it does have a, a shelf life, right? It, it is not. Yeah, check the expiration date, but it usually, it, it's, it's out a couple years usually, oh. so you should be fine. I mean, it, just check the date on it. It's, one, it's, of the, it's yeah. one, one of those things that I, I dread looking at, because if it did expire, <laughs> then I totally wasted it. And I, and then, because I live in Oregon, then I'm like, oh gosh, now I'm going to have to scrape the jar, and how do I get it clean enough so we can recycle oh, the glass oh, jar? Oh, I love using it. So you just, all you're going to do is scrape it with a, you could actually melt it down. So oh. if the jar was expired, mm-hmm. melt it in the microwave or whatever, dump out the coconut oil, and then just shake it with some dish soap and put it in your dishwasher. Okay. It'll be fine. And coconut oil, you, I always buy it when it's on sale. And I'm telling you, I go through probably a jar a week. Wow. That's how I use. Yeah, I use it in everything. <laughs> I'm a little obsessed. But it's great. And the thing is, it's like I feel like for all the runners out there who are always worried about weight, like that just the biggest thing I learned in school is um, healthy fats like avocado, coconut oils, all those things in your diet actually give you, you kind of stay at your optimal weight without having to work as hard. Because the more you get away from the processed stuff and just kind of put more of the, the, the whole foods and the, the good fats in your diet and all that kind of stuff, you actually, you, you kind of lose weight. So I don't know. That's just what I've noticed with myself and friends that have been doing it. Mm-hmm. is and it, it gives you this metabolism and it's just it's awesome so I always put it in my coffee or tea in the morning and um it metabolizes quickly and it burns and it's great I so. see people I see people doing that on Instagram like they'll you know totally yeah, Instagram their their cup yeah. of coffee that has co- so t- walk us through how you do that you just and I sound like an absolute moron I know but so you just since the coffee's I don't, I don't drink coffee so I'd be putting in tea but you just put yeah. it do you have to melt it beforehand or you just put it well, in the hot liquid no, you just put it in the hot liquid. And there's also this MT, MDT, it's medium chain coconut oil or something like that mm-hmm. that you can buy mm-hmm. um, that actually doesn't have the flavor, but it is the coconut oil. And I, I have that to put in water once in a while when I go to the gym. But no, you just scoop out your normal coconut oil, 
put it in your tea and it dissolves. And it will have a little bit of an oily look on the top of it, but you have to get used to it, but I love it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I just, I think it's great. I mean, my kids won't touch it. Um, <laughs> I, I, my son actually did have a soccer tryouts last weekend. He's like, mom, I want chia seed in my smoothie and I want some coconut oil. And he, he drank it and loved it because he wanted like good energy. He wanted some good fats in there. And, you know, and he said, he's like, he was done. And he's like, mom, I was the only one out there who just kept going. <laughs> so psychosomatically, he thought, you know, the chia seed, it's adorable seeing your kids talk like that. So, <laughs> okay. Well, let's end on that though, that you need to then talk okay. us through because chia seed, I want you to tell us a little bit more about that. And then, then we'll head out that, that that's another one of those things I see on social media all the time. And people just like are doing up the chia seeds and I look at them at the supermarket, I'm like, yeah, that's a whole education I'm just not going to go through. So, so give us the, you know, the short version on how we can incorporate chia seeds into our food. Okay. I have so many ways and I'm going to be doing a post soon that you're going to oh. love. It's this like literally five minute chia jam. Basically is, is it, it's one, it's high in omega uh, three fatty acids, which is so good for our bodies. We have too many omega six and not a ratio of omega six to omega three. So omega threes are just, it's great. I mean, fatty acids for your brain It has tons of protein in it. Um, it actually, so if you're going to go for a run, have some chia seed in there because it helps keep you, um, forgot what it does with your hydration. I'd have to look that up. I have an Instagram post with it that I can tweet you on. Um, but it basically helps keep you hydrated, mm. um, because it expands in you. And, um, so it's like whenever I have chia seed before I work out or run, I feel like honestly Hercules, like I just <laughs> feel this endurance of power. It just works for me, but it's high in protein, high in fiber. So keeps you regular it's just got so much good going on. So a way to incorporate it is I put it in, if I'm having um, oats in the morning, I throw two tablespoons in there. I'll throw it um, in my, if I'm, say I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or I would throw a tablespoon of chia seeds in with the jelly and mix it in. Mm. So I'll do that. That's a quick and easy sandwich to do. And you don't taste the chia. You just, um, so like if you put it in a drink, you're going to taste it because it expands. But if you put it in, um, like, like with jelly, all it does is add a crunch factor. Oh, I know. Um, it's like Tobiko or sesame seeds, and I love that pop. Yeah, and I love that crunch. I yeah. also, in these rock cacao bars, I throw it, if I'm making granola, I throw chia seed in there. Mm. Um, you can really add it to anything. I mean, you can do almond milk and chia seed and add berries and do that and put it in your fridge for a couple hours and pull it out and you'll have chia jam. And um, you can naturally sweeten it with maple syrup or dates or the fruit, whatever. And it's a great snack. Mm. So um, I should do a post on, I, you know what? I'm going to do a post on chia. <laughs> <laughs> you can, and dedicate it to me. This one goes out to Sarah. <laughs> there you go, Sarah. <laughs> Clear up the confusion about chia. That is your new mission there, Jacqueline. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll do that. And it's on sale right now. At least at my Whole Foods. So check your Whole Foods. Nice. I always wonder that. Do I wonder if if sales are like across the board at Whole Foods, or if it is just maybe like a regional thing? These I are... don't know, but I would check. It was on sale today, and I had a two dollar off coupon on the bag too, so I got three bags. Look at you, woman! Wow, you. Yeah. <laughs> I buy on sale. If I see something I like on sale, I bulk up. <laughs> Stockpiling for the Armageddon. I'm coming to your house. Totally. <laughs> and then I look at my bill, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you know, that's going to be six months or a year's worth of chia. So it's all good. <laughs> Although the way you're using it, I think it maybe sounds like maybe six weeks worth of chia. But, <laughs> Probably, yeah. but the other thing is I want to also just stress that there is no superfood. It's all about eating in moderation. And it's all about balance. So like, you know, I can go on the benefits of chia or coconut oil, but I also balance it out with tons of other things. So mm -hmm. um, don't go too wacky on any one thing. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now I'm I'm about you know, two and a half weeks out of my marathon, and suddenly if I'm like doing all this coconut oil and and chia, it's like yeah, my intestines might not be so grateful <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, so just just start out slowly. That's, okay, that's what I would it's do. like with running, you know, just make yeah. some walking in there with it. There we go. <laughs> oh yeah, or some other kind of workouts as well. Yeah. Right, cross train. It's it's the food <laughs> equivalent of cross training is what you're suggesting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> cross train and also yeah, like I also do weights and all the other stuff too. So yeah, it's all about it's the balance of everything right, right. <laughs> life's about balance so. right 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 well it has been very fun talking with you Jacqueline thanks a lot for joining us awesome all right great okay. talking Thank to you girls okay bye-bye right. bye
Adrian, I don't know about you, but every time I finish these talks about nutrition and food, I just am always so hungry, no matter what know, time I'm of day it is. Starving. <laughs> yeah, I just had lunch and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what else is in the house. <laughs> and now I'm like all eager to run upstairs. I'm pretty sure I know where that jar of coconut oil <laughs> is in my <laughs> because <laughs> honestly. Well, if you actually Go ahead. I started to say if you give it a sniff, mm. yeah. if it smells kind of gross then it's gotta go but yeah that is true because also oil i know oils that are viscous that are actually somewhat liquidy they'll do the same thing and uh yeah 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 but i i bought it because i had read this recipe of like you know how to like cook popcorn with it and i was like oh Oh, it's gonna be so good oh no i know what it was it was garbanzo beans they were oven roasted with coconut oil and I had such high hopes, and they were not from Jacqueline's blog, Let the Record right. Show. Um, and I was so disappointed with them that I just shoved that jar to the back <laughs> of the cupboard. And... You are dead to me. <laughs> See, I had coconut oil in the house because you can use it to make kind of a faux magic shell. <laughs> uh, Hold on, and... I need to like move away from the microphone, laugh very hard <laughs> over that, and then come back. <laughs> So here's the thing. When I was pregnant, I think with the second one, um, I could not get enough magic shell on ice cream. I, I oh, swear magic to you- shell. Magic shell. I thought you said magic show. And Ew. I was waiting I was waiting for you to do like, you know, and then I made a rabbit disappear by using <laughs> some coconut <laughs> oil. Of coconut oil. No, 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 no. Uh, magic shell, the stuff you put on ice cream that hardens. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yep. Some yeah. faux magic shell. All right. Not a <laughs> phrase we hear every day. Go ahead. Continue your story. Okay. So pregnant. Mm-hmm. And you know how you get these kind of weird ideas and cravings sometimes. <laughs> um, and I was also enormous and it was July. So I was eating, you know, all the ice cream I could actually fit in my body. But I made the mistake of reading the back of the magic shell. Mm. And I said, yeah, I can't. I can't keep doing this. Um, but I read, I found a recipe online where you take coconut oil because it is solid at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can mix it, melt it down with really good chocolate, mm. um, a little salt, mm-hmm. put it on ice cream, and it hardens up just like magic shell. And it's about 4,000 times better. Oh, so, so it worked. Oh, yeah, totally. Wow, look at you. Ooh. I know, right? Wow. Can I tell you that, um, speaking of chocolate things, one time Molly and I had a, um, we each insisted that our hot fudge sauce was the best hot fudge sauce. Oh. So we, we, we very rarely get our families together, but we got our families together for a meal. And then the dessert was, you know, we each brought our own hot fudge sauce and they were supposed to vote on it. And right. They were very diplomatic. They said each had their own merits. Oh. Yeah, so there was no winner. So that was unsatisfying. (laughs) It was very unsatisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So faux magic shell, I think. Faux magic shell. (laughs) Yeah. Not magic show. No. Yeah, because what would a faux magic show be like? I don't know. It's not magic. I'm totally showing you how I'm doing it. Yeah. Be the lamest magic show ever. Oh my goodness. All righty. Well, before we go off on yet another tangent, um, (laughs) uh, let's make our way over to the train like a mother club to hear what's going on over there. Hello, everybody. Dimity here in the exotic tropical train like a mother spring break headquarters in lovely Denver, Colorado, where it's snowing again (laughs) and my kids are going stir crazy. But that's not why you came here. Um, You came here to hear a little bit about how the Train Like a Mother challenge is going. Um, I've got a comment today from a lovely lady who speaks the truth um, named Donna in the Half Marathon Challenge. She wrote, I had a weird day at work, read, both busy and stressful. We closed on a home refinance loan after work. Oddly disappointed to close a house and not get a new house or sell an old one but we did cut out 18 years of payments. I found out a friend got a great new job and I, well, I felt sorry for myself. A great run in the wind snapped me out of my mood and helped me get perspective. Grateful for the Bammer Nation and all of my blessings. I love that in so many ways. Obviously it's honest and authentic, which is all about what AMR and the Train Like a Mother Club is. 
it's just so weird sometimes, right? When you're like, oh my gosh, my good friend just got this great success and why am I jealous? And I just did this great thing for my finances and my family and it feels empty. And sometimes all you can do is just go move forward, run, walk, whatever you need to do and it fills you up in a surprisingly gratifying way and just gives you the perspective that you need to carry on. So congratulations, Donna, for getting out there and for reminding us all why we need running on so many levels. Um, I need a lot of running this week, (laughs) spring break week. And so um, I will head out for a run now in the snow and I will see you next week. Have a good one. All right, folks. I... You do not have this on repeat. I have the same plea from last week. Um, so here goes. Coach Christine Hinton and I are recording a podcast early next month about finding your finish line, which is part of a project sponsored by Highlands. And the gist is everyone who finishes a marathon covers the same 26.2 miles, but each of us crosses a personal finish line, whether it's that you're running to convince yourself you're not getting older, you're getting actually getting better, or to raise money for a cause that you believe in, or running to show your friends, family, and yourself that you're stronger than you thought, or, hey, just to, you know, get out of the house for a couple hours every weekend, which is sometimes why I think I marathon run. Um, so whatever your motivation, you're finding your own finish line. So we'll be talking with three mother runners involved with the project who are running the Boston Marathon for the first time. And we want to mix in stories and voices from other women runners, from you, you, the person who's listening to this. We want to hear you. So please, please record a 60 to 90 second voice memo about finding your finish line in any distance race. It doesn't just have to be a marathon. And then email it to us at runmother at gmail.com. Please start the voice memo by saying your first name and where you live. And we really are hoping to get a bunch of find your finish line memo voice memos. And I got to tell you, so far, we've only gotten one. So please, please, I'm extending the deadline. Um, Email us yours by April 4th. And I thank you in advance. So many happy miles and tasty family meals to you. you.